Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And I'm super excited today to have a guest with us who I've worked with, um, and she's done some of my courses with me, and I've gotten to know her over the last couple of years, and she's bringing some information to you that you don't want to miss. Her name is Lindsay Ogilvie-Astle. She has taught beginning bands for 10 years in Connecticut, and I've just learned started teaching beginning band last year, and there's Oh my gosh, it's such an amazing, amazing journey to watch kids go from this. And um, so she's been doing this for 10 years, getting kids started on their musical journeys. And she has learned a lot in that process. She works with fifth graders. So she's going to talk to us about how she used to struggle with student behavior and classroom management and what she did to create a classroom and culture where things are really different. And she's reduced her own stress a lot and her classroom runs very differently. So Miracles, you guys. Stay tuned here as we talk to Lindsay and hear what she's done. Lindsay, thank you so much for doing this for us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so so happy to have you here. Let's give our listeners just a little bit of your background, and then we're going to talk about what was your fifth grade band classroom like, what it drove you to, and what you've turned it into and why. So how did you become a band director? What led you to that path? So I... Uh, was very lucky, and um, I, for some, some somehow, some way, I asked for a flute when I was seven years old. And my aunt did play the flute, so I think that's where it came from. Both my mother um, and my father were musicians when they were growing up. My dad still sings. Um, my mom played violin. My c- grandfather was a concert pianist. Both of my grandmothers are artists. So I definitely think there's some musical gene. My sister's saying my brother is in um, Nashville producing music. So I come from kind of a musical background and I got a flute at seven years old and they were able to get me lessons. I was very, very lucky. And my middle school band teacher allowed us to conduct the band just on a scale, just on something very simple. And I got up there and felt that sound. And at 12, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I, I never looked back. That was, that was where I was headed. So it was, it was a, it was a great experience for me. Um, and I was very lucky to, to have grown up with, with all that happy music in my life. I'll say you sure do have a musical family and background, man. Yes. It is in the genes. I get that. Yes, it must be. So fifth grade band must, the kids must always come in super quietly, eager to learn, never have a lot of excessive energy. must be an easy job, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And part of that is the joy of it, that they come with all that energy, but it's kind of honing that energy in. So I I did have a lot of trouble. I struggled with, um, you know, getting all those kids to, you know, be listening when I was giving directions and, you know, kind of eliminate distractions and really be able to focus um, for that that first without for those first um, for that rehearsal without killing the joy, without being able to laugh, without being able to make music together. So um, what did what did you do? What, what, what was it like when the kids came in initially versus when you made some changes? How did that? So happen? my kids would come in, they would be playing, practicing, making loud sounds, making weird sounds, doing the Halloween noises that I let them do at the beginning of the year, doing that all year long. <laughs> Trumpets would uh, typically be having a high note contest who could play and blast the loudest. It was like total chaos. They were setting up chairs 
setting up stands, things were flying, instruments, you know, everyone needed to read and there were instruments falling over and being broken. It was a lot of energy. And so now my classroom starts much quieter. They have sort of a message on the board and we come in and we start with a breathing exercise and, and our, our first four minutes really set the tone for the rest of our rehearsals. And it's something that I've come to develop um, over the last couple of years. And this year, I'm really finding some major, major benefits um, to myself and my stress level and my students in the class. Well, I'm going to ask you to talk about this a little bit more in depth because um, for those out there who aren't sure or don't know this, I've written a book about about uh, things that yeah, it was called I Love My Job, but, but it's killing me. And I found four things that I changed in my own personal approach to life and teaching that um, really, really paid off. And, and you and I worked quite a bit on the piece about being mindful um, mm -hmm. about how we do things, uh, everything in our classroom. And I, my empower method or being mindful about meals, movement, and music. And you've taken this mindful piece and you've applied it, like you said, in these first four minutes with a routine. You, you've done some intentional work on this. So talk to us about what that's like with a whole bunch of fifth graders and how you get them to go from all that joy and energy to keeping it more contained. Because we always say to kids, pay attention, but you're actually teaching them how to pay attention. And how does that pay off? How wh What does it look like as kids come into your room and, and all? Yeah. So it's similar. They still come in with all of their energy. We're not expecting them to come in with different energy just because they're in our classroom and we do some breathing. They do come in with all this energy. They're yucking, they're chatting, they're, you know, they're, they're doing all um, that they normally do, except that I don't have them play right away. I don't have them warm up just yet. Kind of just keeps the energy down a little bit just in general, but I let them talk to their friends. I let them get their instruments together. I let them um, get those things together. But what I do in the beginning is I have them do some breathing and some mindfulness through a body scan, which is something that I've been doing and practicing on my own. Um, you know, when I had my own struggles and, you know, really needed to just take that time, life moves so fast and we, we don't take the time to just find quiet and stillness and calm and I know that I learned that I do, I'm a better teacher when I'm more calm and more relaxed and more centered, more focused. Um, I am a very bubbly person. And so while that is great and it's a, it has really many benefits and it's a lovely, I, I love my personality, but I find being a teacher, um, you know, being a partner, being a friend, sometimes we need that calm moment to be able to like calmly think about what the next step is. So taking my students through that breathing, not only benefits me, but it benefits them. And I'm hearing your words in my head from your first four minutes that I learned from you is they come in with all this energy. And what we need to do is clean the slate for everybody so that they can focus in and learn. And we are, that's what this mindfulness and these, this first four minutes, it cleans the slate for everybody so that they can focus in and listen when we give instructions and be calm. Their heart rate is slower. Oh. They're really focusing. Yeah. You're, you're actually changing their physiology when you take them mm -hmm. through that relaxation, the, the hormones in their bodies change. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Um, yes. I, I know there were some folks out there that are like, ooh, mindfulness, that's a woo-woo word. We can't do that. Yes. And I, so I approach it with my students. We call it B&B &B tuning. We tune our instruments later mm -hmm. in class, but we tune our brains and our bodies before we start with our instruments. Now, my beginners, we start in sixth like grade. My beginners mm -hmm. think that every band starts like this. 
right? Mm-hmm. They just, I just introduced, this is what happens in band. Um, how did you get buy-in with your students? I want to talk about that a little bit because that is key. If you just said, everybody be mindful, sit down and breathe. Um, I don't think we'd get the results you're getting. How do you get yes. a bunch of fifth graders to buy into this? <laughs> yes. So I really had to buy into it myself. So this really isn't something that you could listen to this podcast and then Monday morning, go in and do it with your students. This really takes some teacher you know, development, there's some personal development here about what that looks like for you. But for me, I really had to do this for several weeks in a row and realize, and we did that, um, we would do that um, exercise where we listed like things that stressed us out, things that made us really anxious. And we would think about those things and our heart rate, our hearts would be pounding over the screens um, in our class, we'd be pounding. And then we would do this mindfulness and you'd say, okay, you know, clock your, you know, clock your, um, your pulse again. And it was so much calmer and it was so much more relaxed. So I had to buy into this for, you know, a couple of weeks, um, maybe even months to, to really see the benefits, to see how this worked for me. And that's how I can say this works for me. And I know that for my, for you, this is something you can do anywhere at any time when you're not feeling your authentic self, when you're feeling something that you are not comfortable with, you don't feel comfortable in your skin right now, you can do this. Hear my voice, listen to my voice and follow um, sort of directions that I give and think of those things and it will sort of relax you. And I think it took a couple of tries for them to really buy in. And um, something that I really learned is you can't scold for not being able to be quiet because you're asking a lot of them. And so it's with through positive reminders. Wow. I see so many of you closed your eyes and relaxed. I see so many of you just hanging your arms down by your sides. I see so many of you, you know, relaxing all the muscles in your face, pretending to be that scream character. They love that one. And they giving them those positive reinforcements and those kids in the back that are like still talking or moving around or making noise they're actually the ones that need it the most and that benefits everybody. So it's going to take some kids longer to be able to do that on their own without little, you know, little reminders, but little individuals like, you know, make sure, you know, make sure you're quiet. Okay. You know, doing little, like going into individuals so you're not disturbing everyone else because they're all in the zone. Mm -hmm. And so if you call out some kid in the back, everyone's going to turn around. So some positive reinforcement and it's, it's going to take time. So help them, help them take the time to practice this skill. Well, you hit on a couple of really key things. You are, you're doing this with and for your students, not to your Mm -hmm. students and you help them understand that. And then that other piece where you talk about the heart rate, get them all jacked up first because you talk about what stresses you out. You're showing them the biometrics, like your heart is your metronome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it becomes really, really useful. So I see why your kids get the buy-in. And I want to have you tell a story in just a minute. But before we get to that little story about how this worked in one of your classes, I just want to take and invite our listeners uh, to take a minute to think about how you might put some of these things we talk about in our different podcasts to practice in your own life. Are you feeling overwhelmed with the never-ending tasks of being a band director? Do you dream of having a strong music program while still enjoying time for yourself and your family? Well, the Empowered Music Educator Academy is here to turn that dream into a reality. Here at the Academy, we offer a comprehensive suite of resources tailored just for you. From insightful books that offer fresh perspectives to engaging courses filled with practical strategies. But that's not all. If you need a more personalized approach, you can use our one-on-one coaching sessions, which are designed to address your unique challenges, helping you find harmony in your busy schedule. 
And for a truly immersive experience, join us at one of our retreats where you can rejuvenate and connect with fellow music educators. The Empowered Music Educator Academy isn't just about teaching music. It's about enriching your life as a band director. We're here to ensure you thrive professionally and personally, providing you with personalized tools for wellness and productivity tips that last a lifetime. So don't miss out. Visit our website at www.theletterm.com to learn more and take the first step towards a more balanced, fulfilling career in music education. Because at Band Director Bootcamp, we believe in empowering you to conduct not just music, but a life you love. All right, we are back with Lindsay Ogilvie-Astle. Um, i got a couple more questions for her about how she's implemented a mindfulness uh, part to her classroom, starting her classroom and changing how things run for the whole rest of the period. You know, we music teachers, band directors especially, hour after hour after hour, we have new groups of kids coming in and bombarding us with so much overstimulation. We need this as much as, to serve our students. We need to be able to reset for them too. So this is win-win. Um, I, I love this story you tell about, we've all had them, that 2 p.m. Friday class that comes in and you're just, it's hanging over your head and they come in. Tell us about the, what that class was like before and after you did this. Okay. Yeah. And this was after I had been practicing the mindfulness with this class. So this was an experience that um, I did experience normally, normally in a normal year without this practice, my, I would end the class. No one would be listening instruments were broken, kids were upset, I was upset. Usually I just go home and cry because that's what we do. You know, this is my whole life and I and I didn't do what I was supposed to do and you know, that would really get me down. Those were my hardest years. But this is a class that I had practiced this mindfulness every week. Every week we would do it and then our class got changed that day to a Friday afternoon. You know, schedule changes, these things happen. And I did the mindfulness with them and immediately they were as if it was our class at 10 in the morning and they were focused and they were ready. And I thought it was just a time change thing. I thought, okay, well, they're just, they're just, you know, loud in the afternoon. I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm prepared. I can do this, but they were through this mindfulness. They were able to get to a place of calm and focus. And they were, you could just see the energy in a good way, like just deflate a little bit. Like just the energy came down and I can see it when I do it with them in the morning. But in that afternoon, that balloon was so full that all of a sudden it just kind of started to fizzle out and they looked up at me and they were looking for directions and they had good posture because I reminded them of that. And so it was just this amazing moment. Like this really works. And that was really the experiment and the proof of it, um, that this really works. And so that's when I really started incorporating it into every, um, every rehearsal, every lesson that I did. Yeah. And I hundred percent, because I've been doing this for many, many years and I did it at first because my ADHD was all over the place and I couldn't function, but I couldn't keep taking the pills for ADHD because there were so many side mm -hmm. effects. So I went off of those. And then it was like, how do I function? And I shared with my students, I need this for me. And it became mm -hmm. something we all needed. Um, and it has changed. And when your kids hear your voice at the beginning of class and you're helping them calm down, when you're talking mm -hmm. to them later in the class, your voice becomes something that helps them calm down. They become associating your voice with that. I just, it has so many benefits. And, and um, I just, I'm so thrilled that you came here to share your story about this so that other people can can hear and understand that that there's 
that we have to we can't just expect kids to know how to pay attention or how to calm down. We tell them that all the time, but we have to yeah. teach them. We don't say to a kid, "Here's a trumpet, play the Hummel trumpet concerto." <laughs> no, here's the first valve. Here's the you know, let's practice. Here's step one. Here's step two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I think that we don't do any favors when we don't teach our students these life skills. Um, for me, it has made my own personal health better, my mental and physical health, having the ability to keep myself calm in any situation now. And like you said, you teach your students and I tell my kids, you can use this anytime before a test, if your parents are fighting and it makes you upset, whatever's going on. And I love when they tell me, oh, I used my B&B tuning for such and such, you know, for my uh, presentation or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's a that. lifelong skill. And and I yeah. just i am so grateful that you are coming here and sharing what it's done for you. And yeah. I want to offer to the people listening today, um, I have a 10 minute um, uh, recording that I've created for music teachers specifically to help you relax and just be and to to feel what it feels like on the other side to have somebody help you relax because sometimes we music teachers are a little high strung and we need some help with that so <laughs> just a any, little yeah just a little if anybody out there would like it you can go to my website the letter m the word powered m powered educator.com slash recordings and um we'll put a link in the show notes too but you can go there and you can download that and then you could practice this with yourself and see if it's something that helps you. And if it is, it's an amazing gift to take into your students, just like skills you've mastered on your instruments that then you can teach your students. Why wouldn't you want to do this? So if you have classes where your students are distracted, um, super energetic in a way that's not helpful or having Mm -hmm. trouble focusing or anything like this, I hope you'll consider something you can do to support you and to support your students like Lindsay has talked about. Lindsay, I really, really appreciate that you've come on and done this and um, talked about some specific ways that you've helped this work with your students. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to Lindsay for being here today and sharing with us. And thanks to all of you who are listening, uh, making a difference every day through the magic of music education for all kinds of kids around here. The work you do matters and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier.